Baptized microphone handoff. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone? Good. I, uh, at our church, we all wear masks as well, and I tell our congregation often it's a whole different deal staring out when you just see the eyes. So smile with your eyes this morning. Help me out a little bit. And uh, if you like today's chapel, just a reminder, next week's chapels are going to be awesome. So uh, the lineup is great. If those of you who are here today thinking this was Reggie Dab's day, um, I am not Reggie Dabbs, so you might have figured that out. I do not play the saxophone, but uh, we're going to have a good time here this morning. Um, as uh, Brother Jeff, that's very North Central pastoral recognition, uh, said, I'm a North Central graduate, graduated here in 1998, before most of you were born, I believe, way back in the olden days. Um, and uh, we are a family of six people. My wife, Christy, as was mentioned, she serves as the executive assistant to President Hagen. So if at any point you feel like you've got all the answers for the school, you've got all the problems solved, and you're going you're gonna to go tell the president about it, you're going to march into his office, Christy will be the one tackling you. You'll have to get through her to get to him, and uh, don't think she won't do it. She's got a great, unique gift of seem, seeming very sweet on the outside, but she'll take you down. She will take you out. I've experienced that a couple of times. Um, we are pastors. My wife and I both pastor at Homestead Community Church. We have four kids, two of whom are students here at North Central. We think so highly of this institution, of this college. Um, our oldest, Lucy, is in her third year here, and our son, Charlie, just started as a freshman. He's in the room, and he would be mortified if I pointed him out to you. He's right there. Hi, Charlie. Uh, he, is, uh, he is enjoying his first semester in this unique year at North Central. Um, we have two other kids, one in middle school, one in high school. And I just wanted to, I know he's not here today, he's traveling out of, out of town, but President Hagen, what an honor it is for me to be here. I love this school. Um, it's my first chance to speak in this chapel. I used to be involved in worship leading in this, on this stage before it looked like this, but what an honor to be here and to have my kids involved here. You have a wonderful president at this school, and I'm just reminding everyone here, leadership is hard at any season, but this season is particularly difficult. North Central has had quite a year, 2020, as we all have, um, but you have a president who uh, loves you all very much and is, uh, is guiding this school well, and what an honor for me to be able to share with you today. All right, enough about that. Oh, one other thing about our church. It's in Farmington. Farmington's like the south suburb of the Twin Cities right before you get to the farm fields, hence the name. Here's a picture of our church. We just bought this church a year ago, renovated. Look how cool that building is. It's 140 years old. Um, we bought it a year ago, renovated it over a year, and we've just started meeting there in June. We have a wonderful community there. Um, that's Homestead Church in Farmington. All right, so I wanted to start with all those introductions out of the way and acknowledge this. Everyone's here nicely distanced. Everyone's wearing masks, smiling with their eyes. Um, this is a tough year. I wanted to acknowledge that this is a hard year at North Central. This is a hard year at North Central. There is a lot of unique circumstances, COVID, quarantining, we just talked about that, the worship team, some of them, you get reports, someone reported they were near you and have symptoms, all this, all that dynamic, distancing in chapels, the smaller groups in chapels, some of you have to be in your room with meals to go, and especially if you are a freshman, how many of you here, it's your first semester here, that's probably right, because the upperclassmen, as Jeff Dio said, a lot of them skip chapels on Fridays, okay, I just wanted to say I'm sorry that this is the start of your college experience, okay? This is, this season 
for lack of a churchy word, this season is kind of sucky for a lot of things, right? For a lot of reasons. Starting off your Bible college experience, maybe you have friends who were here before and you talked about all the fun stuff you do with your floors and your brother and sister floor, at least we used to do that there, and you hang out with other students all the time and you're eating in big groups in the cafeteria and the altars are packed and you hear all this stuff and you get here and it's just feels quarantined. It feels like it got COVIDed. But here, I, in, in spite of that and me saying, I'm sorry that it's that way for you, you have to know this. It's going to get better, but here's the best news. The best news is that this is the perfect environment for God to uniquely speak to you. This is the perfect environment for God to uniquely move this year. God does his best work in circumstances that in the world's view or that everyone else would look at those circumstances and be like, well, this is garbage. God is uniquely positioned to do a great work in those circumstances. And in fact, God uses those shake-out-of-the-routine moments often for him to speak the big things to you, often to shake us out of our routine, the church world, the higher education world. Everything's been shaken up. And if you look closely, you can see God is doing a unique thing. He's shaken away all the things that we were relying on, all the idols we had in our lives, and he's shaken all that up so that he is left and he speaks a unique word. If you have a Bible today, we're going to be in Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah is the second to last book in the Old Testament. Um, So Zechariah chapter 4. Now a little bit of background on this. The prophet, this is um, after the exile. So if you're familiar with the Old Testament, the Israelites, the nation of Israel was mighty and powerful with King Saul and David and Solomon. Well then several generations later, everything falls apart. They're conquered by Babylon and they are sent into exile. The temple is destroyed. The city walls are destroyed. And then a couple of generations after the exile, some of the Israelites come back and begin to rebuild. And at that time, the prophet Zechariah, we're reading out of Zechariah today, he gets this vision from God in a dream. And in this vision, he sees a gold lampstand with a bowl on top of it surrounded by seven lamps. So he sees this in a dream. And then when he's kind of awoken from this vision, the angel who's talking to him in this vision says, what do you see or what does this mean? And Zechariah, like any of you or me, when you wake up from thinking about the dreams and you think, what does that mean? Zechariah says, I have no idea. I saw a stand and I saw a bowl and I saw seven lamps around it. I find it very interesting If you read through the Bible, how often God communicates in dreams. God will give someone a dream, and then it'll get interpreted, or they'll realize what God was saying. That's weird to me, because at no point... How many of you are people that you remember what you dreamt about the night before? I know they say sometimes we forget. I sometimes I forget, and sometimes I remember. And at no point do I think that's God speaking, because they're weird. If God were to say, what does that dream mean? I'd be like, well, I don't know. Don't be a... Don't be a spy for the mob or don't try to run away from zombies because your feet, you know, you can't run in dreams. In my case, I can, cannot throw a football in my dream. And it's weird how often I'm in a dream trying to throw a football. I think I can kind of throw one in real life, although you'd be shocked to say this. I was not, you know, high school quarterback or anything like that. But it's so, it's weird because I would never think of my dreams. I do have a couple recurring dreams. Everybody, maybe you have something like this where I'm about to go on stage in a musical or a play for the first performance, and I realize I have not learned any of my lines. 
Have you ever experienced that? Or in my world as a former worship leader, I'm about to go out to start a big church service and nothing's set up. The guitar, the music, and everyone's there watching me set up. I think that's just a, la- a fear of being unprepared. Or the other one, and this hits home for college students, I have a dream that I'm at North Central or at a college and it's kind of near the end of the semester and I realize I've been enrolled in a science class that I had no idea, and I have not been one time. Anyone experienced that? Or you're like, that's real life right now. That's how I'm, that's how I'm getting through college right now. Anyways, i got to move on. God speaks to Zechariah in this dream. And God is telling Zechariah something in this dream. And it says this in verse 6 of Zechariah chapter 4. When, when the angel asked Zechariah, what does this mean? Then he answered... And said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, okay? So I feel, I apologize to our interpreter here who has to sign Zerubbabel. So for now on, Zerubbabel is going to be known as Z, okay? Z, this is the word of the Lord to Z, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain? Before Z, you will become a plain, And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Also, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Z have laid the foundation of this house and his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Okay, so a little bit of background behind this. Zerubbabel or Z is the one in charge of rebuilding the temple that has been destroyed. The temple has been destroyed, and not only is it a building that's been destroyed, the temple for Old Testament Israel was a sign of God's presence. So when the temple got destroyed, Israel would have thought, God has left us. Obviously, we've been exiled, we've been conquered, the temple's been destroyed, God is done with us. But yet God, through the prophet, gives this word to his people. And he's talking about Z rebuilding the temple. He's talking about Z, saying this mountain of a task in front of him is going to be accomplished not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. Amen? Someone give me an amen through the mask. The temple has been destroyed, and everything is in ruins, and Z is in charge of rebuilding it. But God gives this vision to the prophet saying this will be accomplished. It looks like it's in ruins now. It looks like it's all garbage now, but God is at work, and it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God that this will be accomplished. So the first thing I want you to remember today in this Friday chapel, the week before chapels really get good with Reggie Dabs, the first thing I want you to remember is this. Circumstance never hinders God's ability to speak life into you. Okay? Circumstance doesn't hinder God's ability to speak life into you. Israel at that time wouldn't have even known if God was even going to speak. They would have thought God had abandoned them. But yet, here, God speaks through the prophet. He is still speaking life. God is encouraging his people to not look at what seems lost or hopeless or even just insignificant. God is looking at them and saying, don't look at this like it's a waste of time or a lost cause, but rather see that it's a work that is beginning and God is doing it. And God will accomplish it, not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. Zerubbabel, or Z, sorry, is building the temple and it will be completed. And like it says in that verse in Zechariah, when it's completed, you're going to say, grace be upon it. Bless God. Another translation says you're going to look at the completed temple and say God was with us. Bless his holy name. 
God's going to speak to you this year, even in COVID year, even in social isolation year, hanging out in your room, eating, in, eating alone in the cafeteria, having meals delivered to your room. When you have, or if you have, we'll say it that way, a season where you have to be quarantined in your dorm room, God is going to speak to you. In fact, what better time for you to dive into the Word and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you? So circumstance does not dictate that. If you're wondering what you're doing here at North Central this year, because God's going to speak to you. For you freshmen, God is just starting the work like Z was doing with the temple. And someday it's going to be completed, and you're going to look back and say, bless God. Look what he did. Look at the work that he did through his spirit. All right, the second point. Second point is this. Never overlook what seems to be insignificant. In times of ruin, God's going to speak to you. And when things seem in ruins or insignificant, don't overlook that. I'm amazed at how often we get tricked into looking at things through the eyes of the world. And this is a social media epidemic, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, where we are now addicted to looking at the surface of things. What looks successful? What looks prosperous or good? What looks like it's worth my time? And this applies to your year at North Central this year. You have obstacles, but you have everything you need for God to do a big work in you and through you, a unique work this year. So that's the point of the vision of the bowls. He's got the bowl on top of the lampstand with the lamps around it. The point is the bowl has the oil, the fuel that is fueling all the lamps. It's connected to all the lamps, and the lamps always stay burning because they're connected to this bowl of oil. And the bowl, if you read on it, never runs dry. It's fed. It's like the Spirit of God that is always there, always feeding, always filling. It never runs out. The lamps stay burning because it's through the Spirit of God. This is what God does. The source is within. Your source is within, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God that never gets depleted, that never runs out. It's within you. It's going to keep that fire burning. It's never lacking, even in 2020, where it's rough. It's never lacking. The Spirit of God is never lacking. So I'm not saying that just to say this year is going to be a prosperous, fruitful year for you, which it can be. Not just talking about your years at North Central. But I want to encourage you with one thing in the minutes that I have left, the few minutes I have left. Not just this year at North Central, but future ministry, future churches that you're going to be a part of, future people that you are ministering or leading. Don't overlook what seems at first to be insignificant, what seems at first to be small, what seems at first to be in ruins. Don't overlook that. Don't look at it and say, oh, well, I clearly need to be over here where things are more polished and successful and big and the platform is big and I'll get noticed over here. My name will get recognized over here. God is in the small things as well. God is in the things and you're going to get involved in something that everyone else in the world is going to look like, well, that's a waste of time. That place is going nowhere and God is going to be in it and God is going to be fruitful in it. You're going to have opportunities to minister as leaders in God's church. You're going to have opportunities to minister in churches either as your job or just as a leader or as a volunteer. And the temptation is going to be to, draw, to be drawn to what looks shiny and new or big or successful or noticeable or what's going to get you noticed or what's going to be a good stepping stone to future fame and glory, <laughs> you know, a big audience. Well, don't fall for that. Now, I'm not saying that big churches are no 
good. I was a part of a big church for a lot of years. Big churches are great. But all I'm saying is don't look at things through the eyes of the world that say, well, that is successful, so that's where I need to be. This is not successful, so that's a waste of time. Because God is in that. There is seasons of fruitful ministry in that. Don't look at what seems successful through the eyes of the world. You may pastor a church or lead worship somewhere or volunteer or lead a group of people and everything in that opportunity, you might think, this is in ruins. You're like Z looking at the temple that's been destroyed being like, what am I doing here? And yet the work is just beginning. God is at work. The mountain of task and responsibility ahead of you is going to be leveled because of the Spirit of God that's in you. And you're going to get done with that work, and you're going to look back, and you're going to say, look at what God did. Look at what God did. I'm so glad that I was a part of this. You're going to have an opportunity to lead people. You're going to have an opportunity here at North Central to be around people that, through the eyes of the world, may look insignificant. And man, we have a problem with this in the church world. I've fallen for it. I see it all around where it's, a, it's an Instagram world we live in where everyone's like, well, those are the celebrity people. Those are the influencers. Those are the successful people. You can see it if you go to any church conference. There's like this clamoring where everyone kind of ranks, and that's the important people. And you can see the other hoverers around like, I just got to get a picture with them. Or I got to get mentioned on Instagram if I can do that. You know, That's the way the world thinks. You're going to have an opportunity here at North Central to influence those for others, that seem insignificant. And you're going to pour into them, and that's going to be a world of difference for them. You're going to have opportunities to lead people that in the eyes of the world don't seem like it's worth your time. In the heart of God, you have to know there is no lost cause, and everybody is worth pouring into. It may look invisible or difficult or hopeless, but God is at work. It may never get noticed or get the attention that our flesh wants. Um, about 10 years ago, I was on staff. My wife and I were helping at a big church. You know this church, River Valley Church in Apple Valley, now with campuses everywhere. I was the worship leader there for 10 years. And about 10 years ago, we were praying, and we felt like God was saying to us, there's a new season of ministry on the horizon for you. And what I really sensed God saying was, there are big things on the horizon for you. So my kind of more fleshly side was thinking, awesome, <laughs> Right? I'm going to be a superstar. Not really. I was like, big things, because River Valley was growing, and then we had four campuses, and it was a growing church, a great church. We loved our years of ministry at River Valley. Still love that church. Still have a lot of friends on staff there. Wonderful season for us. And I was thinking, wow, things are really going well here. The church is growing. The church is getting noticed. I'm the worship leader. I'm starting to get noticed, and it's all those fleshly, surfacey Instagram things. And now God's saying there's a big season on the horizon, and I was like, yes awesome, superstar sort of thing. And what happened then is God challenged us to resign our position and move into this new season. And we didn't know what it was. And that's a whole other sermon of when God asks you to take a step of faith, we love it when God says, and here's what it is, and here's all the money that's going to be provided for you, and here's everything that you need to know. That was not the case with us. It was step out into this new season. And what God did was he led us through a journey of what I'll say is ministry smallness. And this was not, we didn't think this was going to be happening. And we found ourselves doing some consulting work with some other churches. 
and really out of a, we need to, you know, we have four kids, as Jeff Dio mentioned, who love food every day and clothes. We need to make some money to, to pay the bills. And so we were helping any church that would have us come lead worship. We did some work with the Minnesota district and did some consulting work and worked part-time at a few things. And we, I found myself, we both would go lead worship or preach at different churches, very small churches, small ministries, And at first it felt to me like, okay, Lord, I'm paying my dues with the small stuff. And this is going to be how it's like, I'm waiting for the phone to ring from whoever it is that's going to launch me into like this big platform for ministry. And it wasn't so much even a, okay, God, I'm, this message is not about, okay, God, I'm just going to be faithful and serve you in the, in, well, I'm slumming it here in the small churches. Like, okay, God, you're, you're worthy. You're welcome, Jesus. That sort of thing that we tend to do. What God did in me was he did a work that showed me that his kingdom is big. And there are small ministries and small churches and pastors in these small communities that you've never heard of that are doing amazing work. They are doing amazing work. They love their community and their community is being impacted by this church and it's got old ladies that are bringing food for people and things happening in the community and softball team, and you're just connected with this community. And I looked at that and I said, this is great. I love this. So not only was it a lesson of don't overlook the small things, but God did a work in us that said, we love this. This is the most enjoyable thing we've done in a long time, which led us to plant a church in our community of Farmington. It's a small community. It's a pretty small church. And we love it. And we're not looking at it as as a stepping stone. So I want to encourage you, dive in in a ministry that might not look like the greatest thing on the outside. Because not only is God in it, but for us it was, we love this. Pastoring this church for five years has been the most fun we've ever had. Look at the last verse that I'm going to read today. The next verse in Zechariah 4, verse 10, it says this. And here's what I really wanted you to get, that first sentence. For who has despised the day of small things? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hand of Z. These are the eyes of the Lord which range to and fro throughout the earth. So what I want you to get is who has despised the day of small things? Because they're going to be glad when they see the plumb line in the hands of Z. The plumb line is like a measuring weight on a string so you can see it's being built level and straight. That building I showed you for our church is 140 years old. They obviously did not use the plumb line times because there's hallways that are crooked and you can see it. But I love that verse. Who despises the day of small things? Because it's just the beginning of what God is doing. We're rejoicing because we can see God working in this. And at the end, we're going to say, look at what God did. So as a student, in your future, as you're leading in churches, don't look for the big prosperous things only, but recognize God is in the small things. And it might be the greatest season of ministry you've ever had. You might enjoy it more than anything you've ever done. As a student here, some of you are musicians or worship leaders, I want to encourage you, don't just look for the big churches. Big churches are great. Here's the thing with churches. Some big churches are awesome and some are not so awesome. Small churches. Some small churches are awesome and some small churches are not so awesome. But dive into a church and don't overlook a small ministry. If you're a musician, come to Farmington. I know a small church in Farmington that would love to have you. And I just think this way. My advice for you would be, why would you be, 
you know, I won't say it like that. You can go to a big, prosperous, big stage, lots of, lots of notice, and maybe be third guitar player at one of the campuses. Or you could dive into a small community that nobody's ever going to see you. You're not going to get a book written about you, but you're going to have a chance to lead and grow and develop your skills and dive into a community that is going to be the biggest blessing you've ever had. So there's always going to be naysayers, but recognize this as I close today. God is at work. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit that never is depleted. It's in you, and this year can be the best year of ministry and God speaking to you that you've ever had. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who speaks, that you are the God who moves in the big and the small, that you are our source no matter what we go through. So anybody here who's feeling discouraged and maybe they have naysayers back at home saying, what are you doing at North Central? This is like a throwaway year at North Central. Nothing's happening at North Central. God, speak life today. Speak into the ruins that people are looking at today thinking this is not going to amount to much and speak life knowing that you are at work. The work is just beginning and we're going to get to the end of it and we're going to say, look at what God did. It's in your name we pray. Amen.